0: To a Wednesday edition of the People Show, coming to you live from the Kintech Studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. I'm Vic Nazar, Dom Elon running the show today behind the glass, and of course you, the people, here on the People Show. Texting in 650. 650- into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver. Online at DunbarLumber.com. Wednesdays, we'll have our good friend Danny Kelly join us in the second half of the show. Uh, Looking ahead to what your fantasy football roster might be looking like. A host of issues across the leagues, bunch of new QB situations, Raiders firing their staff. We'll get to the Raiders here in just a bit. But we will start with the 5-2 win for your Vancouver Canucks over the Nashville Predators last night, 650-650. Again, if you want to chime in, uh, anything that's on your mind that happened after that win or uh, anything else that happened throughout the course of that game, most notably the benching. Of JT Miller If that was notable to you We gotta do that here sometimes Just like Dom Three minute timeout, Cut your mic out Can't do it I've always wondered why that isn't a thing actually <laughs> No but for real Like if Drance has a bad take Right And he gets outed yeah. on it Kind of like the around the horn mute the mic kind of thing Yeah Just don't do it to my mic Just Well for this show It'd be <laughs> tough <It's> Single <laughs> Just... host one minute of silence of just me just sitting here, just ranting and raving, and you and Elon behind the glass? Imagine if, But honestly, imagine if that was like... Just real-world practicality. A norm? Yeah. I mean, I've never really worked in an office. Maybe it is. Be like, ah, oh, don't know if we can trust old Sharmati there with the big project. Got to take him off this one. And uh. I'm pretty sure that is a real thing. <laughs> that sounds very real. Although you are the producer of thirty-two, as I keep hearing, so there you go. You're on the big project. Am I? Am really? I, uh, I, I? A little I keep, show. I keep hearing that. So
1: 30, thats thirty-two thoughts with Jeff Merrick right. and, and Elliot okay. Friedman. Sorry, I, yeah, t- Sponsored I, by GMC. I, I yeah. should
0: know the whole, the, the, the yeah. whole, the yeah. whole thing. My uh, bad. My bad. Mondays uh, and Fridays yeah.
1: <laughs> on your favorite podcatcher.
0: Yeah. Uh. So last night. Uh. So much talk about the the benching uh, of JT Miller. You know, more of a four-minute uh, lesson, I would say. He's in the box from 6.47 onwards. Uh, comes out and sits down for the remaining of that period. And, you know, m- much of the post-game show, even last night, was for me, It's it's the norm of what's supposed to happen. Players make mistakes. You want to see that level of accountability, but it very much is what's supposed to happen. Coaches are supposed to flex their muscle and say, hey, I can make this decision. I can make up this gap for four minutes here. If it extended into the third period, okay, different issue, and it's a bigger issue, but it was four minutes, and part of a tactic that a coach can use to push his player, and JT Miller in the third period was really good, scored the goal, was an important part that they needed to salt away A one-goal lead. And then afterwards, on a night when Elias Pettersson has a hat-trick, his second hat-trick, first one at home, on Halloween, fans got to throw their masks and hats and everything. Rick Tockett was still critical of things that were part of Elias Pettersson's game that were absolutely factual. This is not something that he just kind of leaped out and said, you know what, I'm going to try to make a point of something today that doesn't really exist. He was absolutely right to, to bring it up. It's just, it's odd when you hear it on a night when a guy has a hat trick. And here's what Rick Tockett had to say about Elias Patterson's game last night.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. With his, the way he plays the game and stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't know that. So his, most of them are on the road. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. Many more to come, I hope. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was turning the puck over a lot, though. Uh, I, him getting three goals, I liked that part, but he was he was one of the culprits of uh, turning the puck over. Um, we got to make sure that, uh, you know, he knows it. Um, by getting the three goals, obviously that power play goal helped us, but, you know, we're, you know, we have too many guys who are turning the puck over tonight.
0: The headline, of course, is Elias Pettersson scores three goals, Canucks win, get two points last night. But there's a coach that's focused on what still has to happen, for the rest of the season, 72 games to go, focusing on, hey, how to get to the spot where we need to go. And the best compliment you can give great players is to coach them hard. That is what you can do. There's, there's not a lot Rick Tockett is going to be able to show Elias Patterson and JT Miller. They are fantastic players. They've achieved a lot by themselves. And it is about managing the personalities and managing the players to set them up as for as much success you can give them. But these are very spectacular players and they will find them find themselves doing things that not a lot of players can do. And you can't take the general approach for them. What you can do is coach them hard. Try to maintain the standard for them because last night was very much about, we needed a couple of our stars to break kind of a lull in a game. And it was a major lull of, of, of a performance from the Canucks, but what happens? JT Miller gets his goal, Elias Pettersson gets three, Quinn Hughes chimes in with three, Thatcher Demko in the third period was the difference for me. I had to clean up a couple of things, but Thatcher Demko was on top of it yesterday. A lot of the role players filled their roles yesterday and helped bridge the gap for when the star players were struggling, like the turnovers, like the penalties. But the role players did their role yesterday, and then the Stars in moments won it. And all this conversation of, okay, what does this mean for JT? Is it a benching? All of it is second to Rick Tockett coaching his players hard and trying to get this team to a spot and creating new standards that absolutely need to happen. And the best compliment to me is he's coaching them hard. And I know there was a lot of talk about JT not speaking last night on the post-game show. Ian McNair mentioning uh, there was treatment was part of the reason, and he's seen treatment uh, on the road as well. Nevertheless, one of the reasons you like to hear players talk the night of is it's the emotion of it, too. What were you feeling in the moment of big key moments in the game, but also key decisions? So you're a part of the story. Nevertheless, JT uh, finally did speak today uh, short media availability with uh, vancouver media uh, here's what jt had to say today um
2: obviously i think i mean the guys yesterday touched on the team perspective that's not really the standard we're trying to play to in a sense of puck management i think um i guess on the bright side you're still finding a way to win games right now um obviously Denver was a big part of that when the game was tight um like we understand that but the day-by-day process thing is not just for the team but for me as well um we're still day by day. We learned from the game yesterday, and we're already ready for the game tomorrow. So. Rick's been huge on accountability, and I guess that has to sort of go right through the room. Like, are you okay if he sees something there in a game that sits you for a little while? Oh, it was four minutes, so uh, I really wouldn't put too much into it. I was pretty hot, took some bat penalties, and uh, the team did a great job killing it off. So, I mean, it was just a, let me cool off for the second, or the last couple minutes of the second period. That's pretty much all it was. He's coming up and scoring in the third uh, it doesn't really make any of it any better. But I guess it's a big part of the game. And uh, like I said, we found a way to win. It's
0: kind of a non-big deal to J.T. Miller where he got the four minutes at the end of the period, gets a intermission to cool off about it all, and uh, came up starting the third period. And uh, there he was for the goal to uh, send your Canucks on the way to a 5-2 win over the National Predators. Again, ultimately not a big deal. But now... This is what it means moving forward. It's not even focusing on the next time they get benched. It's what are the things that Rick Tockett is looking to do to motivate the guys to play the game kind of within the game and set these new challenges. The season is, is long. Here I am saying the season is long. Well, here we are in nine games in. They've managed to go 6-2-1. and one. You can now approach the long view of a season. Still want them to bank more wins, obviously, here in the early going. But now, the, the season can be long, and you do have to find different markers through the course of a season, and now Rick Taka can do this and say, hey, here's a challenge for you. Rebound within the game. Here's a challenge for you. Yes, you're on a hat trick tonight, but you do have to manage the puck. It's always going to be about two points, of course, but in the lull of a season come December, come January, come February, that carrot is tougher to see all the time of, hey, we've got to get two points tonight. You create new MIDI challenges throughout the course of the season, like managing your emotions, like managing the puck. Uh, Yesterday, again, uh, I think uh, you can't hand first stars to coaches, but Rick Tockett, for me, the first star last night. Uh, Things trending better, certainly, for the Vancouver Canucks as an organization. Still a lot of work to do, of course. But uh, as far as things that are happening elsewhere around the world of sports, the Vegas Raiders cleaning house. Dom, you love my phrase of – actually, you're wearing the Jets jersey. Bad teams stay bad. Bad I hate that phrase. You love it. You love that phrase. The dumbest thing you've ever said. Bad teams stay bad. They have a rich history of winning. What are you talking about? In the last 20 years, do they? It's been rough. They've made poor decision after poor decision after poor decision, uh, the Raiders. And now here they are, still paying Gruden. Now they've gone off McDaniels. And here's the thing. They made the right decision. This needed to end at some point. The Raiders clean house and are trying to start anew. But have you fixed the symptom? I don't know if Mark Davis knows what good leadership looks like. Okay. Th- that's going to be the worry here.
1: Can I hit the pause right there? You're muting me? Yes.
0: I get benched. What's up? Your, this
1: is why your phrase needs an amendment. Mm-hmm. Because it's not bad teams stay bad. It's bad owners run losing teams. That's what it ends up being. Bad ownership leads to Ls on the field.
0: That's not catchy. Bad teams stay bad is just it's
1: slick. But it's inaccurate. It's slick. It is so inaccurate. No, cuz you they're part of the team. They're part of the team. They own the team. Yeah, but sports by nature are cyclical. Seasons are cyclical. Teams go through winning periods, and then they go through losing periods, and then they go through winning periods, and they go through losing periods. If you
0: establish the good habits, here we are talking about habits and structure. If you establish good habits, you should be able to ward off a certain amount of losing. I can understand one to two seasons. It happens. But but why are the Steelers in a 25-year cycle? Great ownership. Because they make good decisions. Because they have good ownership. And they probably have good people to say, hey, we can identify the right type of people to be part of our ownership or to be part of our management group and to be part of our coaching staff. The Raiders have had less coaches, sorry, more coaches since they've moved to Vegas than the Steelers have had in their lifetime. In their lifetime. The Raiders haven't been in Vegas that long. And now they're on their fourth coach. It is shambolic and a brutal spot uh, for them to try to recover. I, I, I think you have a, a Raiders point in fill in the blank. Oh, We'll get to them. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. 650-650, uh, couple of questions uh, coming in. Can you please explain why power rankings and projections have the Oilers and Flames as good teams? I understand the dynamic of expectations prior to the season start, but when a team falls flat out of the gate, should they not be ranked High. This in is power a rankings. perfect
1: question for you because you love to do this. I
0: look. I say this all the time on on Bix Best on power rankings. Uh, whether it's the NHL, the NFL, a good power ranking is projecting what's going to be happening rather than what has happened. If you want to look at what has happened, look at the rankings. Or so sorry, look at the records. But power rankings for me are who are actually the best teams. You take new data as, as well. But you are trying to project, okay, who are the best teams uh, moving forward? If if Edmonton was slated to play Anaheim tonight, who is going to be favored? It's Arizona-Anaheim tonight. But I would say Edmonton would still be favored. Pick a better team. That's too easy. No, well, Anaheim's sitting here at 5-4 and four right now. 10 points. Edmonton, far cry, 2-5-1. and one. So it, it, It's a rough spot for them. But that's why, I would say. You're trying to project who actually is the better team rather than just what you've seen uh, through nine games in the NHL season. That's how I do my power rankings. Some people don't agree. It's all about the trend. It's all about, hey, here's the teams that have won over the past two weeks and throw them up there. So, yeah, that one's for me. Uh, Scott and Union Bay talking about the JT Miller thing. The way I saw it is he got in an adult timeout. We've all been there in the workplace and needed one and needed one Adult timeout. Is that a thing? Why um, wouldn't it be? If someone tells me "bick you're in timeout, I'm, we're scrapping.
1: No. Yes. You've been so tired lately. You'd be like, oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> I can go take a nap. Actually. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, all right. Uh, not that Dalma prompts me on my timeouts, but he does prompt me for fill-in-the-blank. We do it here on Wednesdays. Uh, I give you a few prompts.
1: You fill-in-the-blank. Let's start with our team that just lost. Uh, Manchester United struggles are blank. I don't care if other people don't care about soccer. This is big
0: in our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say inevitable.
1: Inevitable?
0: Inevitable. When you don't correct the problems, um... And and don't have creative solutions, and are trying to consistently make square pegs fit in triangle holes, not even round ones. Like it, 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 it's not doable. No, it, it's entirely predict- predictable. Uh, overachieved last year. Didn't really spend correctly. Hard to see a scenario that. Uh, doesn't manifest in wild swings of multiple losses and then just a blip of a, a nice last gasp of winners. Entirely predictable. Uh, they are tough to glaze over. Uh, I see what we did. I see we did there. Uh, going back to
1: I, the conversation we just had, it is impossible to win with bad owners.
0: I, I kind of think. Uh, I, I thought maybe they would finish seventh this year.
1: I still think they can finish top six.
0: Hardly a, a thing to ring on.
1: I know. Though. European football.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: this one uh, was quite uh, polarizing today. Uh, the NHL handed out a punishment.
0: Mm-hmm. How the
1: NHL hands out punishments is blank, Vic. Uh,
0: Whimsical. Yeah.
1: There's there's, one.
0: Th- there's a court jester element to uh, Very. the way they hand out punishments. And... Not that I think it's it's smart on our part to always take, okay, hey, here's this thing that's happened to compare it to this one, Luongo recapture to the Chicago stuff to this, and it's just they're, they are all different. This one, to me, feels extremely harsh. Now, I do understand it impacts 32 teams because each trade reshapes the ecosystem of the NHL. Um, but a first round pick feels really harsh and good on uh, Ottawa today. Now they're going through their own issues today. Yeah. New GM today, but uh, Michael Anlauer coming out today and was pretty pointed. He was, he was checking Haymakers at that press conference today and was not shying away uh, from, from saying it. They, they probably ran up the bill on me a little bit after the sale with not having full disclosure on the Shane Pinto thing. And, uh, this investigation coming down uh, nearly two years later, uh, it's been a while, and he was he was adamant that uh, maybe a couple of million could have been withheld in his uh, purchase. purchase, but that is uh, an odd ruling today.
1: Well, the part that gets me is that the Blackhawks got a $2 million fine for the mm-hmm. beach stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were still able to go out and draft a generational talent in Connor Bedard. The Sens go out and pull a shade, Matty in a trade to borrow Cole from Marcho, mm-hmm. and they lose a first-round pick. Like the math isn't mathing. Uh, Beck, I I, math I don't like
0: the mathing. the NHL not having questions about it. If if I'm sitting in the NHL shoes, details? I, I'm gonna yeah like. Why this one versus... Yeah. Like, if I had to guess, I'm going to say, like, this is a hockey ops thing, and it's uh, impacting the... Product
1: on the ice? Yeah. Sure.
0: The, the morality of it is... You can't compare them. No. And so it, it's... That's why it's, like, it's not really fair to compare this one to this one to this one, because we're talking about different things. Th- that one should be one of the most severe penalties we've ever seen in Chicago, but... The, the, the selling point is going to be, oh, it, it, it's not on ice, like, impacting the standings. I understand that. But that's dumb. But it's hard not it, to. It's, it's really dumb.
1: All right, moving on uh, to another sticky situation. Uh, James Harden's Clippers tenure will be known for? The memes.
0: Yeah. The memes. You get your way this many times. And, like, I, again, I'm pro player mobility. If you, if you can convince a team to take you on – Kick up a fuss, right? I, I'm pro player mobility. You want to go play in a city in LA? See if you can do it. There's only two teams. If the Lakers don't want you, and the Clippers do, hey, I'm gonna go kick up a fuss. That's I have no problem with it. But also, be prepared uh, for when it fails, and be prepared for your bad judgment. Is is Russell Westbrook the most reliable person entire to career? Too is Kawhi Leonard the most reliable person? Paul George. Is, is this organization the most reliable people that can push your career forward? Because all that's really left for James Harden to do is win a championship. I don't feel like it's going to happen in, in Clippers. So be prepared for the memes. And it's going to be meme-worthy, don't get me wrong, because there's going to be a lot of moments where Westbrook and Harden uh, back together again, where it looked like there was so much potential so many years ago, and they've accomplished a great deal, don't get me wrong uh, MVPs and, and just fantastic players. But this is all about trying to get to, Hey, I can be the guy. Uh, neither of them show that they can be the guy individually to go win titles. See if they can do it back together again.
1: Uh, I would rather blank than try and fix the Vegas Raiders mess.
0: <laughs> uh, see, this is a tough one. It'd be fun to try to fix a mess. Uh, really?
1: Like, I don't know, potentially. It looks like a giant headache.
0: If you're telling me you're, 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 you're making me a GM of a, a football team or, or, or any team, that would be kind of fun. Uh, so how many things would I rather do? Uh, but...
1: Hey, answer how you want, Vic. Answer I, how you want.
0: No, I, I, I see what you're asking. I see what you're asking. It, it's... I would rather count pi to 100 than uh, fix this Raiders mess. Seems nauseating. Because... How many better situations are there across the league? Like even take the ownership thing out of it. Just in general, you're you're kind of starting from scratch. I think I would rather actually starting from scratch would actually be, be better, more fun. Yeah. Um, you got the Jimmy G situation to solve now. He's he signed. Angry. He's angry. I, I think I'd rather be outside the Cardinals. Yeah, I I, I think I'd, I'd rather have thirty other jobs. So it is, it's an overwhelming gig for whoever's coming in next, both at the GM level and the head coach level. But there's a lot to sort right away. Devontae, who's well within his right to be as frustrated as he is, went there. I'm going to go play with my buddy in Derek Carr. He gets cut. Now what are we? Not really a, a franchise that's moving forwards right now.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, final one here before we hit the break. The World Series has been blank overlooked yeah put it that way underwhelming yeah irrelevant
0: uh you know I mean not irrelevant it's still a championship being handed out yeah
1: but how many people are actually paying attention do you know what was the score last night
0: uh it was three one for game three right yeah um that's all I remember it was 11 seven I, I saw when it was 10 nothing but I, I couldn't remember what it ended as
1: it's 3-1.
0: Yeah. Not good. It's tough for baseball. Not good.
1: Like, how do you get into a position where your championship game is so overlooked by the rest of the world that's not involved in the game?
0: So, is it because Arizona's not putting up a fight? Or is Maybe. it because there were underwhelming teams to come into it? Both. Because that was the, kind of the worry with the, the Stanley Cup, right? It's it's Vegas and, yeah. and Florida. Uh, will it be a level of interest? Now... Vegas was just such a juggernaut. They took it over. Florida's beaten up by the end of it, and, and they roll. Um, is this v- to you about, like, how overwhelmingly better the Rangers are than the Diamondbacks? Because it was uh, close games one and three. Uh, games two and four have been blowouts. Yeah. But
1: there's no storyline here to me. Like, last year, the Houston Astros, the Cheaters, you know, mm-hmm. they go out and they beat the upstart Phillies, you know. That, there were storylines there. The year before, again with the Astros storyline, like there, there's always been some dr- big draw to a World Series, you know, matchup. This one just to me seems irrelevant.
0: Uh, hey, breaking news right now, um, just coming down here uh, from the WHL. They announced uh, today, uh, effective this Friday, November third, the adoption of mandatory neck guards protection for all players. Good. Uh, so that's uh, big for. Uh, the WHL mandatory effective as a Friday, as soon as uh, protective equipment is available to all clubs, all WHL players will be required to wear protective neck guard equipment at all times while participating in on ice activities, including WHL games and practices. That's just coming down now.
1: By the way, if you missed our interview with Yannick Hansen yesterday, Mm -hmm. touched on that, some good answers in that. Go download the podcast. People show Yannick Hansen. interview
0: For sure. Uh, Yannick was always honest, and it was uh, very refreshing to hear uh, his thought of why um, he didn't wear it once he turned pro. And just um, you can go check that he- whole interview out uh, over at uh, the People Show podcast on whatever podcatcher you grab. Uh, and also, you can go listen to Connect Central, PDO Cast, Canucks Talk, Halford and Bruff, and The Jeff Merrick Show. Everything you hear. On Sportsnet 650. Okay, on the other side, it's our good friend Danny Kelly from the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast uh, setting up for week nine with our Wednesday fantasy football update. It's all coming up here on The People Show.